Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. A couple weeks ago, I was able to present the word of the year for our church and really where I believe God is bringing us. And if you missed the word, I want to give it to you again today. It's right there at the top of your notes. And the word for 2022 for our church is the word health. And I want to help you have your healthiest year ever. And it's not just physically, but it's also spiritually and emotionally and mentally and, and financially. Next month, we're going to talk about relational health. We're going to get you healthy and, and so I love that so many of you guys have taken this on as your word for the year also. So I want you to own it and make it a real part of your life. And so show up every single week expecting to get healthier and healthier and healthier. And I'm really excited about it. Here's my prayer that I've had for you during this series. It says like this in 3 John. It says, dear friend, I pr- pray that you may enjoy good health. Can you say good health? good health and that it may go well with you, every area of your life to go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So we made this decision early on that said, listen, if you're going to get healthy in every area of your life, it's all going to start in the spiritual. And, and a lot of you guys, you, you want to get better in so many different areas, but let me just tell you, it will be your best year yet. It will be your year of breakthrough if it is your best year spiritually. So we're going to start this thing off by getting you spiritually healthy. And so I don't want you just to start another New Year's resolution. The last thing you need is another resolution. Because here's what a resolution is. A resolution is about hopes. But real health is about habits. And I'm going to help you get some habits today in your life that will take you to the next level. And so the problem with society today is we have a lot of uphill hopes with a lot of downhill habits. So we got to change that around. And we got to get some strong habits in your life in this new year. So I presented it to you last week that we're not going to look at my habits because I've got some good ones, but I've got some bad ones. We're going to look at the habits of Jesus is what this series is called. So you can take out those notes. We are a note-taking church. And so uh, you can follow along with us as we look at the habits of the healthiest person that ever walked the planet, uh, Jesus and his life and four things that he did that I believe if you will activate in your life this year, it'll radically change how you, your spiritual life is. It'll take you to the next level. So I'm going to give you the four habits. We're going to talk about them every single week for this month. And I think it'll be something that'll help you. Here's what Jesus' life was defined by when it came to his habits. Four things. Number one, we talked about it last week. It says you got to slow down. Say slow down. Some of you guys, you got to slow down. Here's the second one. Is you got to get alone with God. you got to get alone with God. Here's the third one is that you got to commit to community. And I think this is so huge that Jesus, who could have changed the world alone, chose to be around people in community. And by the way, people with a lot of issues. So I hear people all the time going, well, I'm not going to go to church because all those people have issues. Listen, if you showed up, we'd have even more issues. It, we're, we're here because this is the command of God, that we, we are better together, and Jesus shows us how that's possible. And number four, the fourth habit is that he was spirit-led. He was spirit-led. He didn't do things the way that he wanted to do it. He was led by the Spirit. And, and if you'll apply these four to your life this year, your spiritual life will go to the next level. So say them out loud with me. Ready? you got to slow down. you got to get alone with God. you got to commit to community, and you got to be spirit-led. you got to be spirit-led. And so if you have 
your notes today, you can see, because there's a lot of people that want to experience the life of Jesus, but you have to understand, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, then you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And the lifestyle of Jesus is that he slowed down, he got alone with God, he committed to community, and he was spirit-led. So I'm helping you adopt this lifestyle in your life. So if you're taking notes, write it down. Today we're going to talk about this idea to get alone with God. Get alone with God. I think it's the secret sauce to the success of your spiritual life if you'll learn the habit to get alone with God. I was driving to work a couple weeks ago and I'm all excited about the new week and all excited about, you know, the things I could accomplish and moving the ball forward and the meetings I was about to go into. And, and I was driving on the Selman from Brandon into Tampa. And so you take the Selman Expressway and then you get into 275. If you're not from the Tampa Bay area, you won't understand this, but 275 is called Malfunction Junction because it is the worst designed interstate in America. So you get to the interstate and it's just, no matter what time you drive it, 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 you're going to be stopped in traffic. So I was expecting it. I was okay. I was getting my mind all ready for the meetings ahead. And it's stop and go traffic as I'm in the, on 275 and, and, and going towards downtown. And, and as this is happening, my car is stopping and then going, stopping and then going. And eventually it, it goes and then it stops, but it doesn't go again. So the car turns off right there on 275, and so I'm a little frustrated. I, I try to turn the key, and, and as I'm doing this stuff, it, it's, it's, it's acting like it's trying to start, but it's, it's, it sounds like it's out of gas. Now, if you know me, you know I have a little bit of history with this. I, I, I believe the Lord has set me free, and I thought, man, it's been a long time, but it really wasn't a long time. It was last Christmas when my, I was driving the, the wife and kids. We were up, going up to North Georgia, and I broke down on Christmas Day, driving up to North Georgia, ran out of gas. And, and so I thought the Lord had delivered me, but I guess I didn't. And, and, and I look at the gas gauge, and the gas gauge is half a tank. And I go, oh, Lord, you did help me. I've gotten better. But then something else is wrong, so I push that on-star button, and, and, and the lady's like, how can we help? I'm like, I'm on the interstate. I think I'm going to die. Like, I, I, my car's not starting. She's like, well, can you get it over to the side? And so well, they're getting this car over to the side of the road, and, and I saw some of you guys drove by because you, you honked, and you're like, it's Pastor Ed. <laughs> and I just want you to know I have forgiven you for not stopping to help your poor pastor on the side of the 275. So I finally had a friend come pick me up and uh, got the, the vehicle towed to the dealership and the dealer said, your problem was not that you're out of gas, the problem is your fuel tank died. And, and here's what the fuel tank is, you had no issue with the resources, you had an issue with the delivery system to get the resources to where it needs to go. So I want you to think about that with your life. The issue is not that you don't have the connection with God. It's that you don't have the delivery system to bring about the resources, the connection, the life that comes with living for Jesus. So I want to help you get that delivery system today to get alone with God so that you can experience all that God has for your life. Because if you feel tired and you feel burned out and you feel frustrated and you feel like you can't get ahead, I want to encourage you today. There's a delivery system called your personal walk with God that if you will activate it in your life today, you will be connected to the God of the universe that will change your life. And Jesus modeled this 
for us. Look at this. In the prime of his ministry, when everybody's pulling at him and, and, and the news about him is spreading, it says it like this in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. And Jesus, look at Jesus' response. Jesus hires an agent <laughs> to get him on TikTok to make sure that he is, he's, he's making the most of all the success. No, that's not what Jesus does. No, what does he say? In the midst of all of this success in life, look what it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, introverts get this. So, so where's my introverts in the room, okay? All right, great. Do you hear not a single noise? <laughs> not, I mean, not even a full hand raised. It was like a... <laughs> Where are my extroverts at? Yeah, that's crazy. Different people. Introverts get this because introverts know that man, a lot of people around, I got to get, get some time, got to get some space. Company was good, but they were over for three hours. I'm getting them to leave. I got to have some time. But Jesus didn't do this because he's an introvert. Jesus did this because he knew the power of getting along with his father. I want to help you with this. So don't, don't make this an introvert or an extrovert thing. Understand that this is a principle Jesus is teaching us. Mark chapter 1. Let me show you it again. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark. Now all you morning people, you love this. All you people that can't get up early in the morning, y'all are like, uh, that's the verse you crossed out. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Jesus got up. And he left the house, and he went to a solitary place where he did what? He prayed. He, he, he created a rhythm, a lifestyle of prayer that was so necessary. And we've overcomplicated this idea of prayer. So we're in 21 days of prayer. We got one week left with, with the finale happening next next. Uh, Next Saturday, and we'll be gathered together for 8 a.m. prayer. And by the way, since the fast is over, next Sunday, I'll just make the announcement, we got donuts at every location. So, so come ready. <laughs> ready. Ready. But, but, but we love this season of prayer, but so many of you guys can't figure out what prayer is all about. So let me just make it very clear to you. Here's a prayer. Is prayer is simply communication. So it's time there. You're going to communicate to God, and God's going to communicate to you. So many people think they have to have some kind of degree or some kind of training to pray. No, you just have to communicate. And here's why it's important, because communication equals relationship. You cannot have relationship without communication. And, and everybody understands that. The healthier the communication is, the healthier the relationship is. And I tell uh, people in pre-marriage counseling, I say, People will tell you that the reasons that people get divorced, it's mostly because of finances or because of, of, of family or because of sex or because of some other area. But it's really none of those things, the reason that people get divorced. The number one reason people get divorced is because of communication, because they don't communicate about finances and sex and family and all the other things. So you've got to learn how to communicate, and here's why it's important, because you don't have a relationship with God without prayer. So you might have some religion or some ritual that you experience, but you can't experience the relationship with God without prayer. And so I want to help you establish this idea that you need to make prayer a regular practice in your life. Here's why. Write it down. Because the deepest relationships might start in public, but they are truly built in private. So think about this. Your best friend. You might have met them. 
And, you know, at Radiant Church and one of the services and y'all were serving together and that's really cool. But how many know your best friend doesn't become your best friend just because you get hang out in a big group setting? No, there was, there was some alone time. There's some friendship built. You understand your greatest relationships have a bit of a private moment. And I think it's important because let's take two extremes in this. Imagine Katie and I. Katie and I, who, who have a great marriage, love each other so much. But imagine that we got in public, and I was like, well, as soon as we got in public, as soon as we got everybody, I'm like, hey, I'm going to hold your hand, baby. Hey, I'm going to, let me give you a kiss on the cheek. Hey, you look great today. She's like, wow, this is so nice. And we're getting around everybody, and I'm telling everybody, oh, this is my girl. This is my babe. This is it. Everybody's like, wow, Aaron, you're really, you're attentive. And then imagine we get home and I go, hey, hey, hey. She tries to talk to me. I go, no, no, this isn't a place. Only, only at church. Can we do can You go to your side of the house. <laughs> I go to my side of the house. How many know that wouldn't be a healthy relationship? The opposite is also true, by the way. Because how many know if it was behind the scenes, if it was all like, mm, you're so cute, wow, you're so amazing, you look so beautiful, and all the attention, all the affection, but then we got in public, and we got around our friends, and she tries to get next to me, and I go, hey, this isn't the place for that. No, 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 don't show me attention here. No, 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 let's, 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 not, let's not take what we do in private, and it's not about that. Can you imagine how unhealthy that relationship would be? But that is so, uh, it shows how much in our relationship with God, so many people fall on those two spectrums. It's all about the public, and they go, woo, and they worship me, and we love you, Jesus. And then behind the scenes, there's nothing there. And then there's the other extreme that goes, it's all, it's all about, you know, privately, I have a relationship with God. Privately, oh, yeah, I pray. Oh, yeah, we, I have connection with God. But in church, you just look so stoic and so disconnected. Well, no, no, both are so important. Can I encourage some people today? No matter what spectrum you're on, the Bible tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. So I don't, I don't know what your personality is like, but I just want you to know, God wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy, and that we might find grace to help in our time of need. Are we thankful for a God that is approachable? Are we thankful for a God that is near us? Are we thankful for a God who desires relationship with us? Can we give him a little bit of praise today, church? Ian Bounds says it this way. He's like the, the prayer guru. He says, public prayers are of little value unless they are founded on and followed up by private prayer. You need both of them in your life. So Jesus activated this in his life, and we've taught it before, but let me just give it to you here today, how Jesus did this, because Jesus had a set time of prayer. So my question for you would be, is what is your time of prayer? What is that appointment on your calendar that you make? And, and some people it's early morning, some people it's at night, some people it's during your lunchtime. What is that time that you have with God? Jesus had it early in the morning. We had a set time of prayer. Here's what else Jesus had. Jesus had a set place of prayer. As we'll see in a little bit, he, he went to the Mount of Olives and it says, as he usually went. Why? Because that was his place of prayer. You need that place that you can get alone with God. That you can wrestle with God, as we learned about in our Bible reading plan this last week. You need to have that place where you can connect with God. And then the third thing is Jesus had a set strategy of prayer. He didn't pray randomly. We can see that strategy when the disciples said, hey, how do we pray? And he says, this is how you pray. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, and he talks about, hey, there's a good strategy of prayer. I'll give you one of those at the end of this service. But no matter if you have what your time is or your places or your strategy, here's my encouragement for Radiant Church. Ready? Across all of our locations. Make an appointment with God and keep it this year. Make an appointment with God. Keep it this year. Get alone with God and watch how miracles will start happening. We're two weeks into 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's remarkable to hear story after story where people come up and go, Aaron, I saw breakthrough here. I saw breakthrough in my job. I saw breakthrough in my relationship. And they're so shocked. And I'm like, why are you shocked? You know why you're seeing so much breakthrough? Could it line up with the fact that you're also doing so much prayer? And happen to be that you're in a season of prayer results in a season of breakthrough. I wrote it down this way, that when we pray regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. And I want to encourage some of you guys that as you go into a year, don't make 21 days of prayer a thing that you did. Make it a lifestyle that you live that I regularly get alone with God. Can I hear a better amen today, church? So I'm going to give you six reasons today, and I'll go through them very quickly, of why Jesus pulled away to pray. Why did Jesus pull away to pray? The God of the universe we see coming in flesh, and yet he modeled for us Six reasons to pull away to pray. And I think you're going to find yourself in one of these different seasons. And it's going to encourage you in this season to pull away and spend time with God. Number one, it's Jesus pulled away to pray for this reason, to prepare. To prepare. Before he ever did ministry, before he ever raised anybody from the dead, before he ever preached a sermon, the Bible tells us that Jesus goes to the Jordan River, gets baptized, which you can do, by the way, in just a couple weeks in one of our services, but after baptism, he doesn't go right into ministry. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Bible goes on to tell us for 40 days he fasted and he prayed. Why was Jesus fasting and praying for 40 days? Why? He was getting prepared for what's about to come. We see in verse 14 that after this season, Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He experienced the praise. He experienced the platform. What came before it? Preparation. And how did Jesus prepare? He prepared by praying. A lot of you guys, you're in seasons of life right now where you're in a preparation stage. You're preparing for the job. You're preparing to get married. You're preparing to have children. You're preparing to retire. Don't waste your preparation season worrying. Take that season and prepare in prayer. Get along with God and watch how God can do more behind the scenes with you to prepare you for what is coming than you could ever do on your own. Can I hear a good amen today, church? In my life, I've realized that every time I'm in seasons of prayer, and pulling away to be with God, that he's always preparing me for something he wants to do publicly in my life. I've made it my mark that, that it is so crucial that before I do anything in public ministry, it's always bathed in prayer. By the way, people say, like, the messages, they're like, oh, man, it must be so cool you're able to present these messages. Presenting messages, that's a learned trait. Like, you can take public speaking. Anybody can do this. 
Why does this change people's lives? It's not because I'm a good speech person, public speaker, whatever you call them. You know why? It's because this has been bathed in prayer all week long. This idea has been prayed about. This message has been prayed about. You've been prayed for. And here's what I truly believe. Until you go to God on behalf of people, you should never be allowed to go to people on behalf of God. So before you correct your children, pray. Before you raise up and you you speak into that person's life, pray. Pray. I I don't have a right to preach to anybody that I didn't pray for first. So I'm going to encourage you. Make it a point to say, hey, before I go into that meeting, I'm going to pray. Before I I launch that idea, I'm going to pray because I'm going to use prayer. I'm going to use my time with God to use it as a time for God to prepare me for what is next. Can I hear a good amen today, church? He pulled away to prepare. Here's the second one. He pulled away to recharge. To recharge. The world is draining. It's exhausting. People people will, will drain you like nothing else. And what did Jesus do? In Mark chapter 6, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, these, these apostles are starting to get famous. They're starting to travel. He says, listen, let, let, can, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Don't always be busy. Not every opportunity is a God opportunity. There's sometimes you just need to separate yourself and, and rest. And, and you need to have these moments. And you go, well, Aaron, it's going to be okay. I can work really, really hard because eventually the vacation's coming. Let me tell you, vacations don't bring rest. How many of you know you've done the week vacation and you've come back and you're more exhausted than you were before? Because that doesn't bring rest. Only God brings rest to our souls. Only God can re- recharge us and, and make us to where we get all that we're called to get. And I think it's so important because I've realized in my life that the best ministry and parenting and leading and decision making always happens from a place of rest. Always. So if you feel tired and you feel burned out and we all get there, here's the solution for you. Get alone with God. And I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've walked into my prayer closet, beat up, tired, exhausted, and I got alone with God, but the way I came in was not the way I came out. Because I came out energized and excited and built up. That's what happens when we spend time with God. Find your rest in Him. I think it's so huge. Why did Jesus pull away? He did it to prepare. He did it so that he could, he could be recharged. Here's a third one, to grieve. To grieve. What, what do you do when the unexpected happens? When the friend is lost or the, the person dies, the diagnosis is terrible, the job doesn't work out the way you want it to do. We've all had seasons where we have just been heartbroken. What do we do when when we're heartbroken. I want you to know Jesus experienced this. His cousin, John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, the one that prepared the way, John the Baptist gets beheaded for his faith, beheaded for his message. The news goes to Jesus, and you would think, how does Jesus handle loss? You would think that Jesus would go, well, that stinks. I knew that was coming. All right, on to the next thing. That's not how Jesus handled it. We would look at him and go, Jesus, toughen up. Be a man. People come, people go. We got a message to preach. That's not what Jesus did. 
In the midst of losing his cousin, the Bible says it this way in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Why? Because he got alone with his father. There's something that happens in moments of grief where you just got to pull away and say, I'm going to take this time to pray. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm hurt, but I'm gonna take my time and I'm going to bring it to God. Let me remind you, Radiant Church, time does not heal things, God does. So I know a lot of you are just waiting to get over it. Don't, don't try to push through your pain. Pray through your pain. And watch how when you pray through it, God comes and heals it in your life. Into 2022, one of my closest friends. We did ministry together for years. He was in my wedding. I was the best man in his wedding. We did life together, and he died tragically of COVID. It was a terrible thing. 42 years old. Um, like, healthy guy. It was, it was, it was tragic. And, and I remember just, it was the first time in my life I've had to deal with pain and grief. I've never had anybody super close to me die. And, and in that moment, I remember just going, God, I just, I want to lean into you. Katie would even come up. She's like, do you need to talk about it? I'm like, no, I'm talking about it to God. And I think there's a place that you, you talk about it with each other and you, you get in counseling. But I want you to know your first response should be, I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to go to him. And I want you to know he hears you. He feels the pain with you. He has compassion for you. And he will be close to those who are brokenhearted. If you need to grieve, get alone with God and watch him heal you today. Come on, give him better praise than that today, church. Number four. Are y'all still with me? Say yes. I love it. I love it. Number four, why did Jesus pull away? To seek wisdom. To seek wisdom. Think about this. Jesus, all-knowing, yet before he made the greatest decision he was ever going to make in life, the most important decision Jesus was ever going to make, Jesus took a season to pray about it. Think about this. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray. And he didn't just pray a quick little good food, good meat, good God, let's eat prayer. No, he was about to make the biggest decision of his life. And he didn't just go, okay, God, can you, can you help me with this? All right, I don't hear anything. All right, let's move on. Look what it says. And he spent the night praying to God. There's going to be moments where you need an answer from God, and it's not going to come because you just go, okay, God, give me an answer, and you move on. There's going to be some moments that you got to get into the travailing, the persevering, the I'm going to keep praying until I get the answer. I'm going to keep praying until God shows up. I'm going to keep wrestling and keep going after it. And that's what Jesus did. He spent the night praying to God. When morning came, now he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he designated apostles. The most important decision he'll make in his life what did he do? He spent the night before in prayer alone with his father. Why? He wanted to make the right choice. He wanted to use wisdom. Now, if I was choosing disciples, I wouldn't have chose these 12. Because I would look at it through the natural lens of who the naturally I would choose. But God doesn't see it the way we see it. He's got wisdom beyond what we can imagine. So when you go to God, he helps you make decisions that you probably wouldn't even make in the first place. But it's always the right decision. So, so before you do anything big, pray about it. Take a season before you take that job. Genuinely pray about it. I remember before I asked Katie um, out, like to even date me, I spent a season praying about it. He was in a season going, God, make sure it's not just something in my heart. Make sure it's not just my flesh. I'm going to pray about it. And then I remember I got such clear guidance from God. This is going to be your wife. And I remember in all confidence, I sat down with her and I said, hey, Katie, 
said, I've prayed. I've heard from God. You're going to be my wife. So I think we should date. So she looked at me, and, and I'm telling you, I, I married the most godly person ever. She looked at me and said, well, I haven't heard that. She's like, so I want you to give me a month, and I'm going to pray about it. And, and she went a month fasting, like, like no food, fasting, seeking God, and got a word a month later. And then after a month, she goes, yep, God spoke to me too. Let's move forward. And what was it? The most important decision we've ever made in our life of who we're going to marry was not a, well, they're cute. I guess they would look good. We'll make you kids. No, it was we sought God, we pursued wisdom, and God put it together. So I'm not saying it's always how it's going to work in your life, but just make sure that before you make major decisions, you're praying about it. So write it down this way, because prayer is our steering wheel. It's not our spare tire. There's a lot of you guys that you just go to it when you need it. No, let it be used to guide every area of your life. Pray about it. Genuinely pray about it. Get along with God. Don't date them until you pray about them. If you don't invest until you pray. Don't even pay for something until you pray about something. Don't take the job. Don't move until you pray. God is more interested in your success and your future than you are. So go to him for some wisdom and watch how he'll bring wisdom in your life. Number five, we're almost done. Why did, why did Jesus go to the Father? Number five, to petition. There's gonna be moments in your life that you need something. I make a prayer list every single month of the things I'm praying for in my life. And part of my time away from uh, just pulling away is to go, I'm going to pray. I'm going to have God speak to me. The night that Jesus was betrayed, Luke 22, Jesus went out as usual. See that phrase right there? As usual to the Mount of Olives. This is where he prayed. The disciples followed him. On reaching that place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Which, by the way, it's good wisdom right there. You're tempted. You know what you should do? Pray. And watch how prayer will help overcome that temptation. And it says it like this. He withdrew about a stone's throw away beyond them and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. What a great way to pray. Hey, I have this burden. I have this concern. I have this care. So God, let your will be done in this situation. By the way, that's how I pray for all of my needs. Lord, let your will be done in this situation. I'm presenting it to you. The Bible's very clear that we should always make our request known to God. Not that he doesn't know about them, but there's something where God co-labors with us, works with us, that as soon as we make them known and we pray, God moves and has his will done on the earth. And I want you to be encouraged today about presenting your request to God. Every month I revisit that list. And I'm so blown away with how God answers some prayer requests. And, and I get to mark them off. And, and if you're a, a list person like me, you love to check off the things from the list. And, and I get to check them off that some of the answers to prayer. And I don't understand God in this. Because if I'm truthful with you, there's things I put on there and they're answered a week later. And there's some things I've been praying for for decades and haven't seen an answer. But I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep giving it to God. But I'll, tr I'll tell you this. This is something that's supernatural that happens. That when I have a burden and I have a worry and I have a care and I open up that prayer list, as soon as I write it down, I don't know why it happens, but as soon as I write it down, the burden's released off my life. It's almost like it's no longer mine to carry, it's God's to carry. So you gotta make a list this week. Figure out what those things are and pray them out loud every single day. Because here's why, write it down. Because you can carry your needs or you can cast them, it's your choice. 
So let's cast our cares on him, for he cares for us. Six reasons why Jesus pulled away to pray. To prepare, to recharge, to grieve, to seek wisdom, to petition, lastly, to model relationship. He wanted to show us, listen, this isn't about religion, it's about a relationship. Jesus had a genuine relationship with his father and he modeled it so that we can know we can have that relationship with him. And he wants to get to know you. He, want, he wants to get to know you in a real way. I want you to look at this, this list, these six right here. This is why we pray every single day. Because there's gonna be moments that you gotta prepare, you gotta recharge, you gotta grieve, you gotta seek wisdom, you gotta petition, and you gotta model relationship. So when people go, I don't know about that religion thing, you go, I don't know about it either. But I know I have a relationship with the God of the universe. I spoke to him this morning. One day while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, the disciples looked at him and said, teach us to pray like that. Like, teach us to pray. Like how did you do that? What, what they had grown up seeing was religion. What Jesus modeled was relationship. Parents, can I encourage you? Your kids don't need more religion. They don't need more rules. You know what they need? They need a mama and a daddy that'll model a relationship with God. That'll sit, they'll wake up and they'll see their mama just praying in the morning. When there's a need in the family, we grab hands and we pray to God. When there's struggles, we go to Him. When we're thankful, we thank Him. Because we're not a family that's filled with religion. We're a family that models relationship with God. And that's what our kids are going to follow. Because remember, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And that's what Jesus wanted to do. He wanted to reproduce a relationship that we can all have with God. So I thought it would be appropriate to end this message today by praying. I'm going to pray over you. I want you to be, to be a me pray. So we're not going to stand. We're not going to move around. This is going to be a moment where we're going to create it in every one of our locations where you can get alone with God. So here's what I want you to, to see on the screen. And then we're going to close our eyes. We do. It's called the Acts Prayer Strategy. This is one, one of the ways I pray. It's one of the strategies I use. Might be a good thing to take a little picture of and try it. And I tell people, take two minutes on every one of these letters. And watch how you'll grow in prayer. And then you'll go to three minutes. And then you'll go to four minutes. You just start with this. It starts with adoration, giving God worship. Then you go to confession. You confess your sins. And then you go to thanksgiving. You thank Him for what He's done. And then you go to supplication. You present your requests to God. And we're going to do that right now. So here's what we're going to do at every location. Close your eyes. Let's have a moment of prayer. And I, I just think this is a moment where we're going to start out. We're going to take 30 seconds on each of these. And we're going to just have a moment with you and God. So let's start with adoration. God, right where you're sitting, just tell Him how much He means to you. Say, God, we love you. We thank you that you're the God of the universe, that you created all things. You created us. And you're worthy to be praised and worthy to be worshipped. I'm just going to tell him how much he, he is. He's, he's so big and he's so awesome and he's so magnificent. And you're so wonderful, God. We're so thankful that we serve a personal God that loves us so much and we love you in return. Now we're going to move into from A to C. We're going to go into a time of confession. Lord, we confess our sins knowing you are faithful and just to forgive us. Come on, take about 15 seconds. You just have that moment. Confess. Confess on those things you watched you shouldn't have watched. The attitude you had you shouldn't have had. 
the things you said you shouldn't have said, those habits you're, you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. Come on, take a few seconds. We confess, not because God wants to shame us, He wants to change us, so we confess our sins. We give it all to you, God. Now we move from confession, we move to, to thanksgiving. Come on, let's just take some time and just thank Him. We thank you that we are forgiven people. We thank you at every location that we have a God who died for us and, and saved us and filled us with His Holy Spirit. We thank you that our best days are still in the future. We thank you, God, that you've called us and equipped us and put us in such an awesome church. Come on, thank, take a few seconds. Thank Him right now. And then last but not least, let's do supplication. Let's present our request. Come on, you know that request in your life. Some of y'all are praying for children right now. Some of you, you're, you're praying for that job. You're, you're praying right now for that medical issue to be resolved. Present it to God right now. You can carry it or you can cast it. Take about 15 seconds. Come on, bring it to God right now. God, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We give them all to you right now. We cast our burdens and our worries, and we thank you that as we are alone with you, you do so much in our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Can we give him some praise for the fact that he's a God that answers our prayers? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.